0: Assalamu <laughs> alaikum wa barakatuh. In this world, <clears throat> the usual way you obtain things is uh, through some sort of barter. Uh, you work in exchange for your work You get uh, money. In exchange for money, you buy things. So there's an exchange. You give, uh, you work, uh, you obtain uh, money, and you get things. This is the usual way that things work in the world. But there are things in this world that you can't buy. And these are the things we usually talk about here. And the question is, how... obtain the things how do you obtain the things that you can't buy how do you get them and what are these things that you can't buy well these things that you can't buy are things like dignity things like true love things like compassion. And as we get older, uh, we begin to learn that these things are more important than the things that we can buy. And if we don't have these things in our life, we become very lacking so we have to know how and we have to understand how to be able to do it. Now the rules and regulations for those things are different than the rules and regulations for barter and you can't obtain those things in the same way that you obtain things in the world. You can't work somebody gives you something and you exchange it for that. It doesn't happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. The only way that you can get things like dignity is to give it to other people. And when you give it to other people, you get it. So, if you want to become dignified you have to give dignity to other people. Now, where do you get the dignity to give? You haven't bought it. You can't buy it. Where does it come from? It's already in you, but it doesn't become actualized until you give it. In other words, it's an dormant state inside of you. The possibility of dignity exists within you. And it comes into being as you give it to somebody else. So you become dignified by giving dignity to other people you become compassionate by giving compassion to other people you become merciful by giving mercy to other people dignity is not a noun it's a verb compassion is not a noun it's a verb mercy is not a noun, it's a verb. And it only comes into being in action. Whose action? Your action. Now, just because you give somebody dignity doesn't mean they will become dignified. Because you're the one who gets dignity from giving it away. The other people have the opportunity of understanding what's going on. They have the opportunity to see what is occurring, and they have the opportunity to imitate you and give it back to you. But until they give it back to you, they can't have it. You only get it by giving it. Now, to understand this dynamic, to understand this way of being, this way of doing things, this reality, there has to be a change in the way we view the world. There has to be a change in our interaction with the world and our interaction with other people. As long as we think that we need to take things from the world or from other people we will never be able to have all of the things I just talked about. They won't come to us because they don't come that way. They come in a different way. So, why do we need to transform? Why do we need to change? We need to change. We need to transform so that we have the possibility of all of those things. The possibility of dignity, the possibility of compassion, the possibility of mercy. And it can't occur while we are wanting. It can't occur while we are needing. It can't occur under those circumstances. If you've ever been in the vicinity of a saint, what do the saints have in common? They give. You go to them for your benefit you don't go to them for their benefit and they allow you to come to them not for their benefit for your benefit they don't need you you need them and they know that and understand that The prophet said, I came as a mercy for this world. Verb. He came to give mercy to the world. Now, why are we here? What's the reason that I am here? Well, Each of us has to ask that question and come up with an answer to that question. And the answer to that question is critical to the path that our life takes. And the ability to deal with that question and the ability to keep it at the forefront of our existence and to look at it and not run away from the answer is at the forefront of which way our path goes. What happens is, in the beginning stages of asking that question, before wisdom has entered into our being, We are beings without wisdom. And being beings without wisdom, we do all the things that beings without wisdom do. When wisdom dawns, pre-wisdom becomes shameful. And what happens when that happens? depends on your egocentric self and your identification with pre-wisdom. If you think that's who you were and that's who you are, then you run in the way that a an animal runs from fire. The heat of wisdom becomes too much to bear and the regret of past actions becomes too much to bear the light of the wisdom that dawns so people run and they say i can't have my old life and wisdom simultaneously wisdom makes my existence too hard i have to either i have to give up something so they give <coughs> up wisdom When the fire of wisdom comes, the animals inside of you will want to run. Let them! Don't associate with them. Don't think you have to run with them. If you think you're one of them, you will run with them and then your path is finished and your encounter with reality is finished. If you want to maintain your encounter with reality, be prepared to be uncomfortable. Be prepared to view regret. Be prepared to atone. Atonement means to get over what you've done in the past and not do it again. Recognize. But if you break it up, and it's a pun in English, atonement is at-one-ment. At one with what? We go from our old life where we were at peace, at one with the world, to the new life where we're at peace, at one with reality. That's the transformation. That's the change. And what is it that we're at one with? In Arabic, people name uh, their children the names of God. However, mostly when they do this, they put the word abd, which means slave in Arabic, in front of it. So, you'll have names like Abdul Rahman, the slave of God's mercy, or... Abdul Rahim, the slave of compassion, Uh, Abdullah, the slave of God, etc. Well, there's a story about a great uh, warrior who was conquering uh, everything in front of him. And he came through the Arabic lands, and he had some people translate what was being said. And he learned that uh, people had names of God as their names. And he thought, I'm the greatest one here. My name should be one of the names of God. And he was a vicious being. Uh, There was no mercy or compassion in him. He slaughtered all who came in front of him. So he called for the wisest man in the area to give him a name of God and uh, the duty fell to Nasruddin and Nasruddin was brought in front of him and he explained that you people in this area, you all have names of God, I need a name of God and Nasruddin said it's true, you do you do need a name of God. You are truly in need of one of these names and I have the appropriate name for you and what needs to be done is we need to set up a great event in order for this naming to occur and I'm going to write the name down on a parchment and the parchment is going to be put into a casement and then I want you to prepare a festival and this festival is going to be so big that it's going to take three days of preparation for you to get ready to have the unveiling of this name. So he wrote the name of the parchment, put it in the encasement, put it on a table, and he told this man to begin preparation for the festival. As they began the preparation, uh, Nasruddin knew it would take 3 days so he left and he began to travel in the opposite direction. <laughs> they prepared the festival. The people from all over were invited. They came. They unveiled the name and the the uh, conqueror looked at it and it said, "God damn." <laughs> now, the point is That there, he didn't read it out loud by the way, he just put it down. Uh, And Nasruddin was already three days away. The point is that we are all slaves to something. We can be slaves to damnation or we can be slaves to mercy. Where on that spectrum? do we exist? Where on that spectrum do we place ourselves? Where on that spectrum do we want to be? And if we want to be in the part of that spectrum that has dignity and that has compassion and that has mercy, then we know we're in a ride that's going to lead to a lot of discomfort because we're going to have to be able to atone for the whole life that existed before that that wasn't like that. And that means removing parts of ourself, pulling from ourself those parts that are connected to the animal self. Now, I don't know if anybody's had a tooth pulled, but it hurts. Pulling out anger also hurts. Why? Because anger doesn't want to go. It doesn't want to die. Lust doesn't want to go. It doesn't want to die. Jealousy doesn't want to go. It doesn't want to die. And you're gonna feel the death throes of getting it out of yourself. You're gonna feel the death throes of what it does inside of you on the way out. Because what's it going to do to be able to stay? What's Satan's tool that he has left when the light has already shown and now you're aware of the difference? What's left is to make you incredibly uncomfortable and that's what he does he makes you incredibly uncomfortable now can you go through the discomfort of cleansing can we go through the discomfort of becoming purified can we sit still while we are being operated on? When Ishmael or Isaac, depending on the book that you read, was told to be sacrificed by his father, Abraham, he said, I'm ready. when you're with a wise man and they're helping you you have to lay still while you're being operated on when wisdom comes you have to lay still during the operation and there is no anesthetic these things have to be taken out they have to be taken out somehow and we have to be volunteers in allowing it to be taken out. There is no compulsion in going on this path. Because what happens is, when there is is compulsion, it becomes hypocritical and the difficulty that really happens of that operation never occurs. All that occurs In compulsive religion is that the rules of the world become transmuted into the rules of religion and you're dealing with exactly the same rules and exactly the same dynamics. The lust for power transfers into religion. The lust for real estate transfers into religion. The lust for money transfers into religion. And religion becomes... When it involves compulsion, a repository of various worldly lusts under the name and guise of wisdom, but not in truth, only in ritual and hypocrisy. When the reality happens, it can't be forced. There has to be a volunteerism on the person who's involved or it can't happen. And that's why there's no compulsion in religion. Because I can't force you. You can't get dignity unless you give it away. You can't get wisdom unless you allow yourself to be operated on. You have to allow yourself to be operated on. You have to allow yourself to go through the difficulties. You have to begin to welcome the pain of self-recognition. You have to begin to welcome the difficulty of becoming one who gives you have to begin to welcome the pain of feeling the pain of the ones who are around you. You have to welcome the difficulty of, beca- of, of having empathy. When you walk through the world in an eggshell or in a plastic box and you separate yourself from everybody else, you don't feel the rest of the world. But when empathy enters your being then all of a sudden you feel the pain that's around you. You feel the difficulty that surrounds you. And it also causes you pain. Now, this is an entirely different kind of pain. This isn't the pain of your nafs leaving. This is the difficulty that is burdening your brothers and sisters. And when you feel that pain and when you've relieved yourself of the lower self, you can be a salve for this pain. And you can be an actual doctor for this pain. And you become a doctor who, doesn't, who diagnoses automatically. You almost People don't have to tell you what's wrong. You feel it. And then you become the answer to that. And that is reality. God gives before you ask. If you begin to do His work, you begin to give before you're asked. Because it becomes your nature. It becomes reality. This is what you're in store for, folks. And we have to go smiling and grateful and understand that to be able to see this is a great grace. And the only true peace that comes in this world comes from understanding this. May peace come to each of our hearts, and may we all understand it. Amin amin ya rabbi amin assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh